0: Episode fifty six with Drew Manning. Drew is the founder of Fit to Fat to Fit, and what that is was a remarkable journey where Drew put himself in his client's shoes and basically said, "Screw the fitness, screw the healthy lifestyle" for six months, uh, and picked up and ate everything and anything that he wanted to, did nothing physical and went on a pretty wild journey emotionally, mentally, spiritually throughout that process to better understand what a lot of his clients went through, a lot of people go through uh, as Americans, just living day to day in an unhealthy state. Um, So Drew's put out books, he's been on TV, he's doing a lot of cool shit on social media, he's all over the place, and he was generous enough to give us a little over 30, 40 minutes of his time. So really appreciate Drew, and Um, I know you guys, anyone into fitness, wellness, health, well-being, you guys will absolutely love this episode. So without further ado, as always, please welcome the one and only Drew Manning. The Optimal Life.
1: Yeah, yeah, my pleasure, man. It's my uh, second podcast of the day, so I'm, I'm in the... I'm in. I'm in the zone.
0: Well, you know, they say, you, you saved the second one. The be, the second one is the best one, is what I've yeah, heard. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is
1: the last one, too, so we can say the best for last. There it too. is. There man. you go.
0: Uh, well, listen, thanks, man. I appreciate the time, like I said. And yeah. what I wanted to do was uh, bring you on because I, I was looking around. You know, you see so many people on, on social media these days, and there's so many inspirational people. And yeah. um, fitness, my podcast is is centered around health, wellness, business, fitness, really just just a lot of things that, that can give people insight and inspiration into some positivity in their life. I came across your page and was like, wow, man, I started looking into your story. So I wanted to just bring you on and, I, and I'm grateful that you're doing this. Uh, but before we get into, in, into the whole fitness thing, man, tell me a little bit about uh, how, how parenthood's treating you. And I see that you, it sounds like you recently uh, became a single parent.
1: Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say recently. Uh, okay. That's all relative, though. Um, <laughs> I love being a dad first. First of all, love especially the two girls. Man, they're awesome. We have so much fun. You know, I used to think I wanted boys. You know, play football and stuff like that. But now having daughters, man, like there's something about them. Like it's just so much fun, and um, <clears throat> they're seven and nine. So they're like this perfect age where we. Have a lot of fun together. Um, you know, we can travel together, do do some cool things. Um, I got divorced around four years ago, so uh, like I said, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I would say it's recent. Um, so for me, yeah, I'm in a good place emotionally, spiritually with the whole thing. Me and my ex are still good friends. We co-parent really well together. We have our girls' best interests at heart, so that that helps us. Kind of let go over ego in certain situations where you know some couples we see how ugly it can, it can get.
0: I totally agree. We have the same thing. I, I've got three girls, so I when I saw oh, it, wow. you had, yeah. So when I saw you had two daughters, I was like, we have we have some things in common. Um, I also have no sons, and same thing. I always wanted boys, but having girls is so special, isn't it? Yeah, man, so it's special. Awesome, dude. Yep. it's really cool. And and we've seen our friends. We've seen a lot of people that we've we've been close with. Um, same thing. Most people. When they go through the divorce, you know, by, by by default, divorce has a negative connotation that goes with it. Yeah. And so many people struggle to do a a positive breakup, a positive thing. Like, I saw that post that you did several, maybe a month or two ago, about how you have your daughters once, like, every other month you guys rotate. Is that right?
1: Well, during the summertime, we do. Yeah. So she'll take them for a month, I'll take them for a month. But now that they're back in school, it's a week on, week off. So we switch 50-50.
0: Yeah, and I, and I read your your post about it. And I just thought that was really, really special because you are, you guys are very atypical when it comes to being able to keep happiness within the entire unit and everyone's getting along. I think that's, that's tremendous.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: (laughs) So how do you, how do you do that? Um, in the summertime, why do you guys take such long periods? Anything in particular?
1: That's a good question. So the first summer that we were divorced, we, um, she was gonna, she, her and her girlfriends, um, who are also divorced with kids, we're going to go on this three-week vacation at an Airbnb in Costa Rica. And so we kind of just said, hey, what if for the summer months, you know, we we take them for a month and then that way it allows the other person, you know, to travel or do whatever they want for a whole month. And then the next month, you know, the other person can switch and travel and, you know, do some summer traveling or, or whatever it is and yeah. it just kind of it kind of worked out really good where she had them for a whole month in costa rica and then the next month i had them. we did a bunch of fun stuff together so it's um it is kind of long we've discussed possibly switching that up but we just kind of stuck with it the past three summers just because it, it worked really well
0: yeah no that's awesome man good for you continued uh, best of luck with that and uh, like you. i said that's very admirable to, to be able to do, pull that off in that kind of manner so, uh, so you guys are living in Salt Lake City. Are you a skier? Uh, no,
1: I didn't grow up here. So, that's the thing
0: is I didn't grow up skiing. I've mm-hmm. been handful of times. You know, I'm like okay at it. I
1: definitely don't do the, um, <clears throat> what do you call them? The black diamonds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the really hard ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, pretty I can, cool that
0: you live in Salt Lake and, and aren't even sure what to call them. That, that's that's awesome. Yeah I, yeah, I haven't been
1: in like, I think, two years, man. It's been a, a while since I've been skiing, which. It's kind of embarrassing. I just uh, get busy, man, with work, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's too far. It's too cold. I like, I'm, I'm nervous that I'm going to run into somebody and
0: like
1: embarrass <laughs> myself or get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Making excuses in my head.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, so, t- talk, Take us back a little bit, if you would. Uh, the fitness thing has obviously been a lot, big part of your life. Talk about the fit to to fat to fit journey mm-hmm. and, and how that all came about.
1: Yeah, so that, I did that back in 2011. But basically, in a nutshell, you know what happened was, you know, I grew up my entire life in shape. I never knew any different. I played football and wrestling, and I've never been overweight. And then I became a trainer in 2009. I was doing that part time, and um, I, there was a disconnect. You know, I could feel there was something off where I was trying to help people, but I couldn't understand why they couldn't just follow the meal plans and the workouts that I was giving them. It seems so easy to me to do it. All you do is just put down the junk food. You do the workouts they give you, and boom—it's it, you see it results. It's not that hard. Well, you know, uh, I would have uh, some clients tell me, you know, Drew, you don't, you don't understand what it's like. Like you have always been in shape, and you don't understand how hard it is to make those changes. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I, I don't. So I took that to heart, and I was thinking of ways to gain a better understanding and for whatever reason I don't know why just the idea of getting fat on purpose like popped up in my head and it made sense like hey maybe this is something I should do and I felt kind of called to it you know so I decided to do it and um you know the idea in a nutshell was for six months to eat whatever I wanted to stop exercising and then the next six months uh the idea was to lose the weight and get back to fit so that's why I called it fit to fat to fit
0: (laughs) So you took six months of, you, you completely changed your lifestyle, you took six months off of all workouts, all physical activity, and just started eating, just like, what what was the type of shit that you were throwing down?
1: Yeah, I mean, it honestly was whatever, because I, I remember Morgan Spurlock did supersize me, and I think... That's most, what I was just oh, most, thinking about, yeah. Yeah, most Americans know that fast food is unhealthy for you, you know, we all still eat it sometimes. But we know that from that, it's super unhealthy. What I want to do was focus on typical everyday American foods that a lot of us grew up on in the 70s and 80s that sometimes we don't think is is that unhealthy for us, you know? So, you know, a lot of, like, uh, sugary cereals, and white bread and white pasta, juices, granola bars, chips, cookies, crackers, you know, Hot Pockets, uh, Spaghetti, Mac and Cheese, (laughs) Top Ramen, these things that We've seen commercials for, or we like like I said, we grew up on in the 70s and 80s thinking, oh, you know, this is, um, you know, it says all natural or it says uh, whole grains or whatever it is, whatever marketing can make it says, you know, that's what I ate.
0: (laughs) Now, were you a a personal trainer at this time?
1: Yes, I was. uh, Well, I actually stopped training
0: clients when I did this. Okay. For two reasons. One, because I didn't, I I felt like I would be
1: tempted in the gym to want to work out. Even though I couldn't uh, which sounds ridiculous, but that was just my mentality <laughs> I loved working out and then secondly, I didn't want to be judged uh, as an overweight trainer you know training clients I'm like, what if someone doesn't know what I'm doing like would they be judging me so I decided not to take on any
0: clients <laughs> Wow, that's interesting that second take there yeah that second because that's that's uh I was thinking about that as well like if you're training people but you're sluggish, you don't feel good. How would that come across? And for you, it was more so about potentially just the image of, of what it might look like to other people that are in the gym, huh?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like if you saw someone like really overweight as a trainer training clients, I mean, most people would probably judge and be like, hmm, that's kind of interesting that this guy is giving advice. So anyways, I it was, that was the reason I didn't do it. But also, like, you know, it was interesting. This whole journey was a mental and emotional thing for me. Like it was... Physically, yeah, I changed. I got fat. I got back to fit. But mentally and emotionally, that's what was hard for me. So going out in public for me, being overweight, that was enough in and of itself because my identity was based on what my body looked like. My mm-hmm. identity was based on the six-pack abs and being the fit guy. Now, here I was overweight. I kind of freaked out. I didn't know who I was. I wanted to go up to strangers and tell them, hey, I'm not really overweight. You know, this is just an experiment. Go to this website. You know, this is what I normally look like. You yeah, know, yeah. I wanted to tell complete strangers that. And, you know, because I, I didn't know how to handle being overweight because my identity was based on what my body looked like.
0: Fascinating. And so, Fascinating. it was
1: really, really humbling that that aspect of
0: it. Well, yeah, so let's go through that. So, the first, let's. Give us like a, an insight into the first several, I don't know, days or the first couple weeks of what that was like for you. The, the the initial, was it happiness, was it excitement that you were able to just eat whatever the hell you wanted? Talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest, it was actually really fun. <laughs> <The> <laughs>
0: That's first, what I would think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
1: first month or so, I mean, you're like a kid in a candy store. I mean, I, I didn't have to work out. I'm like, awesome, I don't have to go to the gym. I was, uh, you know, I, I could, I skipped the produce section. And just go straight for like the cereal and soda and chip aisle. I mean,
0: why? What was, what was your cereal? What uh, was your cereal, Drew, of choice? What was your? Yeah. Cinnamon uh, Toast Crunch? Cin- cinnamon Toast Crunch was number one. Oh, <laughs> dude. That's awesome.
1: And then Peanut Butter Cap Crunch was a close second.
0: But, <laughs> oh, that sounds great.
1: And my, my soda of choice was Mountain Dew. Um, all, all the different flavors and colors that they had. I just, there's something about Mountain Dew that I loved. Yeah, um, yeah. And, anyways so that's uh yeah that's kind of um you know what i what i did you know the first the first month like i said was fun it it really was it's like a kid in a candy store you feel free You're like hey this is freedom this is yeah. i can do whatever i want but after about a month or two i was like oh this is gonna be really hard
0: <laughs> so yeah what talk about the emotional and mental challenges that start creeping in at that point if you could
1: yeah, well, first of all, I mean, I started snoring uh, pretty quickly, like about a month in, which affected my sleep, mm. which affected my hormones, which affected my mood and my energy levels. Um, so that was the first thing. And then also just walking upstairs, upstairs, man, I was out of breath, bending over to like clip my toenails. I was, it was weird. I had to hold my breath. there, like to, to put my shoes on. All that visceral fat around my organs made it so hard to breathe. Um so those were some some changes I noticed, like pretty quickly, you know, into this journey, and um,
0: and how yeah, much weight though, had you? Sorry, how much weight had you put on in the first thirty days?
1: First 30 days, I think it was around 21, 22 pounds. I think. Okay, so pretty significant. Yeah, but that's the interesting thing. Was for me, it was significant, but for everybody else, it's like, oh, dude, you look like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, you're like,
0: I'm don't like, worry, like, uh, you're like, give me another sixty days. I promise you, I won't
1: exactly yeah, yeah. and people were like oh my gosh you know as I got bigger and bigger it was it was crazy how big my stomach got and it was just I was totally a different person like it was so crazy
0: so some of the physical big. things you started realizing shortness of breath uh, yeah. hard to move around your sleep was affected once your sleep's affected your whole every your everything else is affected that's that's yeah. for sure
1: yeah your personality
0: changes your personality you know? your emotional state everything right yeah 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 uh, so you ended up so so as you're going through this, those are the physical things. What do you start feeling then, like halfway through this uh this this journey mentally? What what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, a couple things. One, I was really really missing exercise. Like that was kind of my outlet. You know, that was like my stress reliever, and I didn't have that anymore. You know, so what 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 did I substitute as my stress reliever? In that, that was food, uh, which was interesting because like as much as I felt miserable. The food also made me feel good for a moment, you know, like it would feel good for a moment as I ate it because I was starving and it would satisfy that and it would feel satisfied. But then I would just feel sluggish and uh, lack of energy, like wanting to take naps all the time and like no energy to do anything. Um, and it was a vicious cycle of going through that every single day. So food kind of became my, you know, it was a love-hate relationship where I'm like, oh, I know this is gonna make me feel good for a minute, but then I'm gonna feel awful afterwards. Right. Uh, so that's kind of where I was mentally. Uh, also, like I said, feeling self-conscious, uh, feeling like judged in public. Um, you know, wanting to cover up in front of my wife at the time. You know, just like I didn't want her to see me naked. I didn't want to see myself naked. Um, it, it was it was a struggle, and this was like you know only a
0: few months in, and I'm like, man, how am I gonna push through? yeah, yeah amounts, you know? well I, I assume that your relationships with people you probably started closing down shutting down a little bit huh uh, anti-social maybe a little more social anxiety didn't want to be around groups of people Pro- yeah, probably di- didn't want to be around new people I would imagine people that you never never had met before
1: yeah exactly because then the, they would think that I'd always look
0: that way right? Right, right. for me I mean people might be listening to this and rolling their eyes like oh please
1: but you know what like If you've never known any different, I mean, that's kind of what you go through. Um, Your identity is based on on what your body looks like. And so for me, it was like, yeah, I wouldn't go to the pool, you know, without a shirt on. Uh, I wouldn't take my shirt off in public. Um, it uh, It was a lot harder than I bargained for. And that's kind of what my book goes into. You know, the lessons that I learned were all on the mental and emotional side. Sure. Uh, Physically, I kind of knew what to expect as far as, yeah, I'll get some man boobs, a big gut, a big butt. All those things I kind of knew were going to happen. I just didn't know the mental and emotional side of this entire journey, how how that was going to affect me.
0: So, as you're getting through it and you're going deeper, four or five months in, uh, and and you're feeling probably like the worst you've ever felt about yourself uh, emotionally at that what what at what point does it click in your head like oh okay this is how all these other people have been living uh, yeah yeah when does that happen
1: there was there was moments i wouldn't say it was just like one moment it was moments plural like i said uh well there was one time um at the grocery store when i was checking out at the counter and i had my shopping cart full of cereal and soda and Cookies and granola bars and chips and uh, you know, but this time I was pretty big, and uh, there was these three ladies behind me, and <laughs> I could kind of see them looking at the food and looking at my stomach and looking back at the food, and I was like, man, I want to say something so bad to them, like, "Hey, ladies, you know, this isn't really, you know, I'm more. I usually eat spinach and kale and, <laughs> and you know, lean meats and stuff <laughs> like that." I was, I was so self conscious, but I felt that judgment, and I wanted to say something, but I didn't on purpose because I—that was one of the first times that it clicked. Where I was like, "Man, my clients have to go through this on a daily basis, where people look at them for because of their body, and maybe like the one one day is like their cheat meal, or they had a bad day, like they had a stressful day, and so they're they're binge eating on something, and right. people like anxiety just looks down on them, and I." Experienced that to a small degree, not exactly the same, of course. No one said anything mean to me or was rude to me, but you know. And then there was another experience a uh, couple months later, kind of towards the end of my journey, where I come home from work, I'm exhausted, tired, um, uh, and my daughter, that was two at the time, wanted to play and wanted me to chase her around the house, and uh, you know, I was, I, I did, I obliged, and I chased her for about two minutes before I had to like take a break and like I was out of breath and I was just exhausted from all day and, and I kind of sat down and she was trying to pull me off the couch like come play, come play and I was like well, daddy needs to, to rest and she had these, these huge tears coming down her face because she was so sad that I couldn't play with her and it broke my heart because it made me realize you know, how many millions of, of people out there can't play with their kids or their grandkids because of their, not so much their weight but because of their health like how bad that must suck yeah, and I started yeah. to realize man this is so much more emotional than I ever imagined. It broke my heart that I can do this. And I was doing this on purpose as an experiment. I mean, there's so many people that, I mean, the ability, the lack of ability to play with your kids is probably like one of the, the most heart-wrenching things. Like, what have I done to myself? And, you know, my kid deserves better than this. Like, those types of feelings kind of come in, you,
0: you know, know, to you know, people's minds. You know, life is hard enough as it is with being fit, being in shape, feeling good about yourself. And and then then all of a sudden throw in what you had to go through, um, uh, and what most people what or what a vast majority of people are going through out there, man. Uh, being it, the stress of life, having to take care of a family, kids, a wife, a spouse, a girl, a girl, whatever's going on in your life. Think about all the responsibilities that we have, and you're and if you can't, you're you're operating at twenty twenty percent of your potential. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so when you were getting close to the end there, uh, I, I assume I assume you started getting like really anxious to, to turn this thing around. Um, what was that last night like for you? When you know, like, this is finally the six month mark. I remember my last
1: my my last supper. <laughs> That's what I call the it. The last supper. Yeah. My last supper was a whole box of mac and cheese and a two liter bottle of, of Coke. Mm. and um you're like this is excited. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is it i was excited because i was like man i'm finally ready to get back in shape and i like i just want to get the old me back but also there was this other part of me that was nervous and anxious like what if it doesn't work like, oh what for if sure you're stuck like this like and and people are watching like i was already on tv shows by that time like dr oz and jay leno and dr drew and what if like i don't get back man i'll be like the laughing stock of the internet because. Uh, you know, I could just see like, you know, fit trainer gets obese on purpose and is stuck or something like that. Right, like, right. That fear, I'm like, man, what if I can't do it? So uh, that I, it was kind of an internal battle at that at that moment. But I think overall, it was just like, all right, man, like you got to do this. Like everyone's watching. Like you know what to do. Like you know how to work hard. You got the discipline. You got the the knowledge. You got you know the the muscle memory was there too. I, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Like I did have muscle memory, and so. My journey wasn't the same as someone who, let's say, has been on weight for you know, 10, 20, 30 years. That's totally different. But I was excited, man.
0: Were you on uh, Leno and those shows prior to beginning that experiment? No, only at my heaviest. Oh, you were on it while you were... Okay, I see. Yeah. What was the biggest single thing you learned over the course of that six months? <sighs>
1: um, over the, the first six months?
0: That six months where you were going through that. Yeah. yeah. What was the single biggest takeaway?
1: One was just connecting to my clients on an on a emotional level of like how hard it is to be overweight in society. Um, I think that was probably the biggest thing. And then also I was starting to realize how much, I don't want to use the word addicted, like addiction is a really powerful word, but how much I was um, <laughs> craving those foods like my body would literally like take over in moments where i didn't have any food at certain at sort of periods of time and my body was like it was like you know I, i've never been addicted to drugs or anything but like i can imagine that's kind of what it was would be like you like you have to eat this like you're just uh famished you know you're just like so starving that you will eat anything you know
0: but like you want that that good tasty delicious stuff that you've had for the past six months so yeah, yeah those are probably the, the two biggest things well you know sugar sugar all this these unnatural yeah. substances and sugar especially it just it, it's almost like it takes control of your brain it takes your brain hostage yep and the brain yeah. then, then you feel like you're hungry and then if you don't eat this thing it's probably what there was times that I would imagine midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, you wake up and you were like starving after eating a whole day, probably eating 5,000 calories a day. Yep. Exactly. It's crazy. um,
1: Yeah, I could eat a huge bowl of cinnamon toast crunch and like an hour later be just
0: shaking, like starving. Oh, dude, that is so scary. And and meanwhile, there's all these other things that that people make out to be such bad and drugs and all these things, And, and a lot of them are, but I'll tell you what, sugar is one of the worst. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Sugar is one of the worst. Yeah. You, you know better than anybody. So your, your six months, uh, once you started your journey, journey back to fitness again, what was that Im- initial time like and how long did it take you to feel get back to, to what you would consider your normal self?
1: Yeah, I mean, it took, the, the journey back was so humbling, it's so much harder than I ever thought it would be. It took me six months to get back to where I was, my starting weight, and kind of a body that I was I was happy with. Uh, but that process was was so hard uh, i kind of compare it to you know here i was my whole life on top of this mountain of fitness and my clients were at the bottom and from the top it looks so easy you see the paths it's so clear right in front of you and you're like look you know this is how you do it it's so easy just follow this path that i give you and boom you're, you'll be here in no time but People struggle and they fall back down and they give up on themselves and they quit and they give in so easily to temptations and I'm like, man, why is it so hard for you? And then for me, doing this, what it did is brought me down from that mountain and had me start from the bottom where looking up was a totally, totally different perspective. When that climb up was way harder than I ever thought it would be, and it was a totally different perspective. And so it was, it was very humbling. I think it's very valuable for for any trainer or coach or leader to. to go through that process so they could better understand that journey because it seems so easy if you've never struggled before right, right? if you've never been overweight it seems so easy like stop being lazy just do this right um and this kind of opened up my eyes to just how wrong that approach was for me and for you know for other people and so um yeah unfortunately i got my body back but i was a different man on the inside after this journey
0: oh i'm sure it sounds like how can, how can you not be that's really incredible man that's very very powerful You've yeah. got you've gone through something that ninety nine percent of these personal trainers, these fitness influencers, have never done in their lives. So yeah. you you're able to bring a different mental aspect uh, to this entire game than than most people, which is really really uh, powerful stuff. So you've you've written written a book. You're doing social media. Talk about some of these business ventures that you've gotten involved in, if you would.
1: Yeah, business ventures. Um, <laughs> obviously. Well, after fit to fat to fit, people are like, "Oh, yeah, you you made it. You you've been on all these TV shows, and my book became a New York Times bestseller." And uh, honestly, that's further from that could be further from the truth. Um, you know, I definitely struggled financially because what had happened. People see you,
0: people bookers, see you on TV, and they think that you've got like millions of dollars all of a sudden. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true, but basically, what happened was, you know, during this journey, I had a full time job in the medical field, and I was. A part-time trainer, which I stopped training clients during this journey. Um, after Fit to have the Fit took off, I had a choice to make: do I continue my job in the medical field, which was safe and secure, and I actually enjoyed, or do I take a risk and become an entrepreneur and run my own business? And I, I you know, wasn't sure because I didn't grow up with that entrepreneurial mentality to take that risk. But I decided to do it, and um, you know, it was it was. Probably the, the the best thing I could have done, but I struggled. There were so many times where I struggled. Like the book became a New York Times bestseller, which is cool, but you're not making millions of dollars. Um, and you know, uh, and then that got turned into a TV show, but that took about two years or so to develop, right? To get going, like it was just it's not a fast process. It takes sure. a long time. Mm-hmm. So I had two seasons of a TV show. And then from there, you know, I didn't really take on clients one-on-one. I did some virtual training, but then I would, like, have companies that would sponsor me, and I would look for opportunities for other companies to pay me a salary. Um, And that's kind of just my, that was my mentality at the time. So I wasn't a true entrepreneur. I was just kind of looking for someone just to pay me, right? And uh, so I did, that kind of worked for a couple years, but, you know, it was ups and downs and wasn't consistent all the time. Um, and then fast forward to today, you know, I'm very blessed, very fortunate to uh, run multiple companies. Um, you know, and we're an eight-figure business now. And I have my fit to fit fit brand. I have my book, my podcast. I do speaking engagements. Um, but then also, you know, the majority of our revenue comes from Facebook, right? We spend a lot of money on Facebook ads. Me and my business partner um, and our marketing team out in Florida. You know, uh, we we sell digital programs, digital content,
0: and uh, that's kind of how we make our money now. Um, so that's kind of my business in a nutshell. But like mm-hmm. I said, it
1: came with a lot of struggles.
0: <laughs> that's all. It, it it typically does, man. It typically does, and it's uh it's awesome to see you starting the 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 train's obviously moving. The momentum's there. When you say you do a lot of Facebook, a lot of your money comes from Facebook. What are they buying? Are they buying like a DVD from you, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so uh, basically, what it is, uh, it's a our front end offer is just a sixty day uh, keto ebook, right? So it's the sixty day very basic jump start of how to do keto. Here's the sixty days of meal plans and sixty days of workouts, and then they have an opt in to uh, an option to opt into a private Facebook group where they get coaching for a monthly fee on, on you know questions because so many people have questions about keto. It's
0: so popular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, I mean, that's that's
1: pretty much the, the digital content. There's some little, like, upsells, like cookbooks and workout programs and um, and things like that that we,
0: we add, people can add to their cart, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. Are, are you always in ketosis? Is that is that how you live?
1: That's a great question, and... The honest answer is no, I'm not always in ketosis. And people are like shocked, like, oh my gosh, you eat carbs? I'm like, yeah. here's the thing. And I've noticed this ever since I've been doing keto for a few years now is people, and I did too in the beginning, they become almost religious about it, like dogmatic, because they feel so good. It makes them feel great. It's changed their life. It's transformed them. And they want other people to experience that too. And it kind of becomes this religion where they preach about it and tell people about it. And it's amazing. It's awesome. It saves my life. It's going to save your life too. But then the problem with that is you kind of start looking at other people that don't do it but it's like what's wrong with you? Why why are you killing yourself? Like you know. And they look at food as sinful and like guilt and shame if they eat a donut. Um, yeah. So for me, I kind of uh, am more of a fan of metabolic flexibility, like being able to run efficiently off carbohydrates, but also ketones. Um, I think it's really important to you. Know, to let people know that are listening that it's very bio-individual. And, and even though keto might work for you today, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you 10 years down the road. Um, so for me, I'm open to experimentation, and that's, I'm a big proponent of that, uh, to help people, uh, uh, give them permission that, hey, it's okay to experiment. It's okay to find out what works best for you. Don't always listen to me or people out there that are saying, hey, this is the only one true diet that's for everyone. That's not true. Um, we're all so individual and certain things work for different people. And so, um, yeah, for me, I keep an open mind with that and I get my blood work tested regularly to kind of see where I'm at, and tweak some things. And the way I do keto now is not the way I did keto back when I first started.
0: What's your take on the paleo uh, diet? Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, uh, it works great for some people. But I think just in in general, if I could pick one thing that's in common with the mainstream diets out there keto, paleo, uh, veganism, vegetarianism is getting people off of cheap processed food and eating real whole food that our bodies were meant to eat. Whether that's, you know, carbohydrates from potatoes or sweet potatoes or, uh, you know, fruits and berries and and things like that or, or, you know, or not i I don't really care about that it's you know just eating real whole food i think that's kind of like the one commonality commonality that most diets have now you can i do think there's a right way and a wrong way to do almost every diet out there like you know eating vegan or paleo keto desserts you know are available out there but you know then we start going into this this world of like you know process uh you know uh, keto treats or paleo treats or a vegan cinnamon roll it's like hey i'm vegan so i'm healthier or hey i'm keto so i can eat this or that all the time it's like yeah maybe you can stay in ketosis but there's a difference between being in a state of ketosis and actually taking care of your health right like if you you know
0: chugged vegetable oil and drink diet coke all day yeah you could probably stay in a state of ketosis but is that the healthiest thing to do for your body probably not Right, <laughs> you know. No, that's interesting. Everyone's got something different. You're so right. I, I look at some people that could eat carbs all day and they're shredded, and I'm going, "What the hell? I I, I eat too many carbs, man. My body starts shutting down on me. It's just it's yeah. interesting how that works. I yeah. I just realized your next project. It sounds like it could be something like keto to vegan to keto. Maybe maybe something. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe be. something in the works there.
1: It could be. We'll see. Yeah. I'm definitely an experimenter.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, before we finish up, man, what, what's a typical workout week? What, what do you like? What's your training regimen?
1: Man, that's uh, – so this is so interesting because people are like shocked uh, sometimes. So just being totally honest with people, like the month of August was like a horrible month for working out and motivation for me. I literally worked out maybe three days a week, and the only times I did were because someone, like like my brother was on vacation, like invited me to come on a run, or like uh, go on a hike, Um, it wasn't like, okay Drew, you know, you're motivated, you gotta push yourself, I just literally had no motivation, and I was on vacation, and I just was like, you know what, I'm gonna focus on sleep, and recovery, and
0: you're a human um, being after all, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but now that I'm back at it, I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this. I, I feel a little bit soft and sluggish, so I'm going to switch it up. But, like, in a typical week, man, here's if in a perfect world, because as you know, having
0: kids, it, it's hard to have a perfect day right. sometimes with kids. It's never like it goes according to plan. Extremely hard. But yeah. um,
1: I'll usually do some type of slow, heavy lifting, you know, not high intensity at all, uh, two to three days a week. And then I'll do maybe two CrossFit-style workouts that are high-intensity interval training with weights, you know, focusing on uh, muscle endurance. Um, and then, you know, one day or two days a week of just like a hike or a yo- or like yoga um, or just like, you know, playing with my girls at the park or something like that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I just, I just started doing yoga uh, a couple months ago and I haven't done it nearly as regularly as I'd like to, but the few times i've gone it is for anyone that thinks like they, they hear us say yoga and they're like laughing at us it is tremendously challenging i mean yeah. an amazing workout absolutely amazing I, you like doing the hot yoga yeah, see that, yeah me I, too. I feel like i'm getting
1: a workout in because you're so sweaty yeah right? yeah <laughs> it's awesome
0: it, so. uh what's next for you What what do you have what's what's the future looking like
1: Yeah, so uh, I definitely want to keep people in the loop. Um, You know, come February, February twenty nineteen is my second book, which I'm super excited about. Um, I couldn't be more excited about it, to be honest with you, because my first book, you know, um, was a New York Times bestseller, uh, Fit to Fat to Fit. This is kind of my second book called Complete Keto. Is taking all the things that I've learned over the years from my Fit to Fat to Fit journey to You know, the things I learned after my divorce from personal development books and working with life coaches and self help uh, authors um, that have totally changed my perspective of how I view health and fitness. So the book has a mental, emotional, spiritual aspect to it with a ketogenic approach. So it's a thirty day keto program that's um, kind of like the most optimal way to do keto in my opinion. Like if you're going to do it, that's just the things that I've learned over the years and in interviewing experts and talking to doctors and having people on my podcast. It's it's taking you know the physical components of transformation through a ketogenic approach adding in the mental, emotional, spiritual tools to actually help bring fulfillment to people's lives. So it's not just about like, hey, like how to get skinny in the quickest, you know, in the quickest way possible. You know, it's not like your typical diet book. That's that it's the only focus on losing weight. There's so much more to transformation than just physical transformation and weight loss. And I think that's what's missing in the fitness industry is, is this complete package, this complete transformation of the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, because it's just because you get skinny or lose weight doesn't bring fulfillment or happiness. It's exactly. not guaranteed to do that. So, so
0: what you know? tools do we need to have to,
1: to have those missing components while you're working on a, a physical transformation through a ketogenic approach? That's kind of what the book is in a nutshell. So be on the lookout for that. Love it. Um, I have, Love it. Yeah. I have a couple other businesses that I'm launching soon. A lot of people don't know that I already have a supplement line called complete wellness. Um, which is, um, you know, keto-friendly supplements, uh, but they're not just for people on keto. We have some non-keto products as well. Um, and that's going really well. We're six months into that project, and I, am super excited for where that's going. And
0: um, you know, being a part of the formulation is is awesome. Cause I that's awesome. Like these are the, the products that I
1: would want versus like, hey, let's just white label this and just sell whatever, right? So,
0: do you have media? Uh, you you're doing more and more with like the videos, the YouTube. Do you do anything with that?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to grow that. You know, I'm I think around thirty five thousand subscribers. I'm hoping to get to like, you know, obviously a hundred thousand. But my big focus, I mean, my big, like I said, money makers is, is Facebook. So that's kind of what gets the most attention right now.
0: Talk real quick before we finish about the your po- You mentioned your podcast. I know your podcast recently hit over a million downloads. So congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. That's a tremendous yeah. feat. When, when did you start the podcast?
1: <sighs> Two and a half years ago, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, my buddy, Sean Stevenson from the Model Health Show. He's yeah, I've seen him. He's in the him. Top yeah. two or three yeah. on iTunes. He convinced me to do it, man. And I'm like, all right, you know, you, you convinced me I'm going to do it. So I have him to blame for that. But I, I love it because it connects with people that you probably wouldn't ever be able to connect with.
0: It's awesome, know? isn't it? It's really cool. Uh, yeah. It's really yeah. neat. It's really powerful. And you've gotten – I assume it's it's really helped you elevate your profile.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And just the consistency of releasing one episode a week is just – you know, I do it as much for me as, as I do for other people listening to it because I get so much out of it, and I've grown so much after listening to these these experts.
0: Likewise, brother. Likewise. Hey, listen. Uh, people could find you on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's it. What's the? the it's all fit to fat, fat to fit.
1: Yeah, fit number two, fat number two, fit. And all right. That's, you know, super easy. <laughs>
0: Drew, I appreciate your time. Like I said, man, and uh, I, I really, uh, it's really neat what you've been able to do. I, like I said, what I said before about the mental aspect of it, what you bring to the game is different than so many people because you've actually gone through, you've gone through six months of hell, we'll call it, uh, yeah. to get to that point, so you could better understand your clientele, which is really impressive. Uh, once your book and all that other stuff comes out next year, man, let's reconnect
1: okay thanks for having me on nate really appreciate it
0: absolutely talk to you soon bud okay have a good one you too bye